welcome to another episode of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon. I'm a chartered psychologist and coach, and actually, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. What is a coaching psychologist? Let's take a few steps back, and maybe I could give you a little bit of context as to why I've chosen this topic and why now. So earlier this month, I ran a team development session for a group of clinical psychologists. Um, A bit of a new departure for me. So picture me, uh, the workplace psychologist, going in and being surrounded by my peers in the profession, but with with a very different focus on what they do. They were a really uh, lovely group of people, and it was genuinely interesting for me to hear more about what it is that they do, uh, the work that they do in their clinical setting. Well, over coffee after the session, I had a really enjoyable conversation about professional identity and how we psychologists communicate this to non-psychologists. To put it another way, how do we talk about what we do when we meet new people? This could be professionally, you know, when we encounter prospective clients or when we're working in a multidisciplinary environment. And so a couple of weeks later, here I am in front of the mic attempting to help you understand what it is that we do. But let's start at the beginning and ask the question and hopefully answer it too. What is coaching psychology? When I talk about being a coaching psychologist, it it usually raises eyebrows and usually leads to people asking me, well, what is that? As if it's a thing I just made up. Coaching psychology, when we, well, at least when we compare it to the other sort of strands of inquiry in the science of psychology, it's a relatively new discipline. Now, I don't mean just a couple of years, but let's say compared to uh, the psychology where the the focus is on uh, our mental health, that goes back a lot further, and and human performance and the study of emotions. These are all much, much older compared to the the scientific study of coaching and, and the psychology of coaching. I want to share a couple of definitions with you to give you a flavor of how coaching psychologists are referred to uh, within the profession. So the International Society for Coaching Psychology defines it as the practice of coaching psychology may be described as a process for enhancing well-being and performance in personal life and work domains underpinned by models of coaching grounded in established adult and child learning or psychological theories and approaches. So we've got the personal aspect of coaching, we've got the work aspect of coaching, but it's grounded in established psychological theories and approaches. And in a recent publication all about coaching psychologists, two of the, I I hope they don't mind me (laughs) calling them this, two of the leading lights in coaching psychology, Dr. Siobhan O'Riordan and Professor Stephen Palmer, well, they put together a definition which goes like this. It's the application of psychological theory, research, and evidence-based practice to encourage coaches' learning, resourcefulness, and self-insight in a non-directive, collaborative way to enhance their goal-striving and achievement. Now, again, there's a lot in that definition, but the reason I want to share it is that it includes the psychological theory research and evidence-based practice. What do we mean by that? Well, when we're an evidence-based practitioner, we use practice for which there is supporting evidence. And what that means is we know why we're using a particular approach 
Uh, we know uh, that it works. We know how it works, and we know for whom it works. So no one-size-fits-all solutions, no fads or fashions, no doing things because they're trendy, but in fact, understanding as scientists that research informs the evidence base, which informs what we do at work. Keeping it nice and simple then, coaching psychology is the slice of psychology, not a technical term, but it's that bit of psychology that concerns itself with the theory and practice of coaching people from a scientific and evidence-based perspective. In other words, how I put it to my prospective clients, doing the stuff that actually works. And when someone asks me, why are we doing this exercise? Or why are you asking me this question? Or why, um, you know, why am I going away to read this thing? I ideally should be able to answer that question uh, with evidence to be able to explain to them why and how it's contributing to whatever it is that they want to achieve in this coaching program. That's what it means to be evidence-based. So let's get into a little bit more detail then. What, what are coaching psychologists then? It's not as simple as they're the people who do coaching psychology. Again, with, with most professions, there are different kinds, there are different kinds of psychologists. You know, we can divide up most professions in terms of their speciality, maybe. And, and so it is, uh, with psychology. Now, you've heard the phrase chartered psychologist. I mean, only in this context, you've heard it every time you've listened to an episode of this podcast, because that's how I introduce myself. In order to get the title, Chartered psychologists have completed um, a fairly extensive academic and practical development journey. So they'll have both primary and advanced degrees in psychology, plus multiple years of supervised uh, practice. So going through um, a professional practice route where they have to co uh, cover and develop certain areas of expertise, certain competencies under the supervision of someone who's more experienced than them. This might surprise you. Having a psychology degree does not make you a psychologist. So chartership is the sort of professional level of accreditation and recognition. And I would say, it's fair to say that most of my peers who have that chartership are pretty proud of it because it represents uh, the uh, outcome from all the effort that they've put in there. So chartered psychologists in turn can take a number of forms. Uh, this would include um, whether they're a clinical psychologist, a counseling psychologist, sports and exercise, forensic psychologist, educational or, or, or occupational to do with the workplace. So therefore, they'll work in very varied contexts like hospitals, clinics, prisons, educational establishments, research institutes, organizations of any kind. And What's really interesting is that um, as we train, we'll do our primary degree, but then we kind of go off into our areas. And this is something I think that all of us as practitioners could do a better job of, which is to network across these specialisms. But maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a conversation to be had with my, my peers. We'll see what we can do about that. But each of us works within a division of psychology. Uh, that's the formal term for the grouping within the British Psychological Society. And the newest division that's been recognized is that of uh, coaching psychology, which is designed to ensure that psychologists who use 
evidence-based coaching approaches have a, let's say, a professional home. That's relatively new, uh, just a couple of years or so, and therefore we're still getting used to the fact that there is such a thing as a psychologist who's chartered and a full member of this division of coaching psychology. And there's lots of problems with um, clarifying this. Um, it can sound like a bit of a chore at times, but I'm really keen that my prospective clients, my existing clients, uh, you, the listeners, have a bit more clarity. And what's the difference here between someone who calls themselves a coach and a coaching psychologist? And this isn't a differentiation, by the way, that one is good and one is bad, but they are very different things. Coaching psychologists bring their understanding and their training and their knowledge of how people think, feel, and behave to coaching contexts, and they use coaching skills. So they might be coaching for well-being, or careers, or coaching to overcome a challenge at work, or to develop some new interpersonal skills. We're building on our domain knowledge of people and people in applied contexts, often work, and we use the coaching skills that we've also acquired to support this client journey to their to their valued outcomes. The word coach isn't a protected title. And I don't want to inspire you, but you could, if you wished, at the end of listening to this, go get yourself some business cards and a fancy website and go out and get some clients uh, with no training, no experience. That's an unfortunate situation. And so often it's, uh, as a coaching psychologist, it's about clarifying that this is science in action. This is evidence-based and this gets results. And yeah, you could work with someone who has none of that, but maybe read a few books, maybe they've acquired some skills over time, over the course of their career, but it's a risk. Um, it's dabbling. Um, and while, you know, we can dabble, uh, through the gray zones between areas of professional specialism, it's not usually a good idea to step outside of your expertise. Now at Work Life Psych, we bring coaching to life across our three main areas of professional focus. That's well-being at work, productivity at work, and interpersonal effectiveness at work. So this could be about helping a client cultivate some new and healthy habits because they want to make a change to how they're living their life. It could be helping them identify and overcome barriers to delegating effectively as a manager, or it could be about adapting to a new level of organizational seniority, which often follows promotion. At Work Life Psych, the evidence-based approach that underpins our coaching is called acceptance and commitment theory, or ACT. And you will have heard of this if you're a regular listener, because well, I've talked about it quite a bit over the years. We've had the podcast, um, whether it's been as ACT or the outcome, developing psychological flexibility. It's a great uh, tool for making sense of a client's context and helping them develop the skills that will support their their development journey. Now, I think this is a, a really interesting example to bring to the table because ACT has its roots in acceptance and commitment therapy. And while it's been translated for use in training and coaching and educational and workplace and, and other contexts, it's a great example of how something that works, works in different contexts. And this same toolkit 
is being used by coaching psychologists, occupational psychologists, clinical and counseling psychologists, and no doubt forensic and health psychologists as well. So uh, a toolkit that works is being brought to life in different contexts, but it's something that we're using because we know how it works, why it works, for whom it works, and when it doesn't work, when it's not an appropriate approach to take. Coaching isn't a model. Coaching isn't an exercise. Coaching is a science. And there's some of us that really want to get beneath the skin of that and explore it through the lens of psychology and join the dots and demonstrate where it really does make a difference. I really wanted to answer this question. What is a coaching psychologist? Because not that I'm going to give a link to this episode to everyone who asks me, but it is something that's slightly preoccupied me for a few months now. How do we answer this question in a way that's accessible, in a way that people will get? And while we might differentiate ourselves from different psychologists, and you know, that would be clear to us, I'm still really aware that there are people, you know, people on the street, uh, the average person who has no interest in this, who still finds it tough to understand the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. So our job is to demystify this and help people understand really so that they can um, ensure they're looking for the right kind of support if they need support, the right kind of expertise if that's what they're looking for. Now, you, you would no more go to a forensic psychologist for career coaching than you would come to an occupational psychologist for help with your anxiety. We, we specialize in different areas. But what we have in common is this scientific uh, underpinning to our practice, this domain knowledge about people and how we think, feel, and behave, and standards of practice. So if you want to know more about our approach to things, uh, you can visit the coaching page, and I'll link to that in the show notes. And we also have a new coaching frequently asked questions page. Now, this is one of the, the questions that's posed there. And uh, of course, we've got a coaching playlist over on the YouTube channel. So lots of resources there to get a better understanding of what it is that we do when we talk about coaching. We're going to continue this theme uh, for a few episodes. We're going to look at some coaching-specific topics and answer some really frequently asked questions. So it's open season. If you have questions about coaching in general, please drop me a note and I'll do my best to answer it in a future episode. But that's a, a trailer for what you can expect to hear from us over the next few weeks. I hope you found it useful. I thank you as ever for listening and I look forward uh, to hearing what you have to think about this Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.